freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, oraclebroadcasting.com. This show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central. And we have a great show lined up for you here today. Today on What on Earth is Happening, for all two hours, I will be interviewing book author, video producer, public presenter, radio talk show host, personal consultant and musician, Mr. Lennon Honor. It's going to be a great show today, and we're going to get to hear a lot of wisdom from Lennon Honor. I do have a couple of event announcements that I want to read before we get into the interview with Lennon. Of course, the Free Your Mind 2 conference coming up here in Philadelphia in 2013, April 25th, 26th, and 27th. Free Your Mind returns to Philadelphia with a three-day conference featuring top-caliber whistleblowers from across the country who will shed light upon our world's problems and bring forward empowering solutions. The location is the beautiful Arch Street Meeting House at 320 Arch Street in Philadelphia. The doors will open at 8 o'clock a.m. each day. Featured speakers include Alan Steinfeld, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bashago, Ben Stewart, Bob Tuscan, Kathy O'Brien, Curtis Davis, Dr. Dream, Freighter X, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, Jay Parker, Jim Fetzer, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Lennon Honor, Lorraine Moray, myself, Mark Passio, Mark Phillips, Marty Leeds, Randall Carlson, Ross Ben and Sonia Barrett. Advanced ticket prices for the Thursday conference, $30. For the Thursday meet and greet featuring a vegetarian cuisine, and I can confirm that we are in talks with the Divine Hand Ensemble to bring them to play a concert, a theremin concert, 
after the meet and greet on Thursday night should be a great event. I'm going to definitively confirm that probably by this time next week, and I'll be able to announce it for sure. But it looks like we are going to be able to get the Divine Hand Ensemble uh, to uh, contribute their beautiful music for the Free Your Mind conference on Thursday evening. So for that entire event on Thursday evening, $20. Friday, the Friday conference, $40, and the Saturday conference, $40. For all three days, plus the speaker meet and greet and concert on Thursday night, $120. For more speaker information and bios and for ticketing information, please visit the conference website at www.freeyourmindconference.com. The Free Your Mind 2 conference if you're anywhere near Philadelphia in late April of 2013, you do not want to miss this one. The Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary screening and discussion e evening will be taking place November 29th, 2012 at Essene Food Market, as it always does the last Thursday of every month. This month at Essene, we will be showing the documentary called The Turning Point, which is about the Bilderberg Group, its uh, purpose and its goals, and attempting to expose them, which the alternative media uh, is basically having to do the job of what the mainstream media should be doing, exposing a, think, a globalist think tank such as the Bilderberg Group. That's what this documentary film is all about. The Scene Food Market is at 719 South 4th Street, and the start time is 6.30 p.m. sharp. The Nationwide End the Fed and End the Wars rally. So the End the Fed rally is coming together with the uh, pro-peace movement, the anti-war movement, and coming together for a dual rally and march at every Federal Reserve branch in the country on Saturday, November 24th at noon. The Nationwide End the Fed and End the Wars rally. In Philadelphia, this event will be taking place uh, again at noon on November 24th in front of the Federal Reserve Branch Bank of Philadelphia, which is located at 6th and Arch Street. They usually do a few speakers out in front of the Fed uh, Bank building, and then there's usually a march up to City Hall and back. If you're going to be present at the um, End the Fed and End the Wars rally in Philadelphia, stick around because afterwards, the group that's hosting the rally, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, is going to be having an event called TFP Live at Underground Arts, at 1200 Callow Hill Street, and they usually have some comedians, they'll have a, a band play, a, a musical act, and then afterward they do an intensive interview with a featured activist, and this month for TFP Live, the featured activist is Larkin Rose. So everybody who's going to come out to the End the Fed and End the Wars rally on November 24th, stick around and come out to Truth, Freedom, Prosperity at the Underground Arts venue at 12th and Callow Hill in Philadelphia. A couple other quick event announcements. I was just interviewed by the guest that I'm going to be bringing on in a couple of moments, Lennon Honor, on his radio show on this past Friday, November 16th. The interview is up on Lennon Honor's website right now, and I want to announce that I will be posting the interview also to the What on Earth is Happening website later today. The ad-free chip-in to keep the show ad-free 
uh, for what on earth is happening needs to raise $1,000 by January 31st to keep the show ad-free through the February, March, and April period. The, the ad-free fund currently stands at $250, so we're a quarter of the way there. Good job to everyone has, who has donated so far. Um, if you can help to contribute to, towards that effort, please do so. You can click Keep the What on Earth is uh, Happening radio show ad-free. It's the first link in the news section of the website, and it has instructions there on how to go about making a donation. So let's get ready to bring Lennon Honor on with us. Here we go. I'm going to read his bio before bringing him on the show, so give me a moment. I'm going to pull that up right now. Okay. Lennon Honor is a husband, father, musician, video producer, talk show host, personal consultant, lecturer, and writer. He has written a self and self-published two books, the first, Writings for the Fathers of the World of Tomorrow, was written to encourage healthy relationships between fathers and sons. His second book, Deep in the Garden of Consciousness, delves into metaphysics, spirituality, and consciousness. Lennon is currently working on his third book entitled The 9-11 Fear-Based Mind Control Program, which will explore how September 11, 2001 has been used to subjugate the global population into a state of mind control via psychological warfare. Lennon has produced six major documentaries dealing with spirituality, religion, media mind control, subliminal manipulation, transhumanism, the occult, politics and the, en the entertainment industry, subliminal propaganda, transhuman, uh, I'm sorry, eugenics, and much more. As a musician, Lennon has produced five albums of music and has performed in the United States and abroad. His most recent music album, titled In the Land of the Ancient Ones, was released in June of 2011. Launched in January of 2012, Lennon Honor's new website marks the next phase of his work, wherein focus has been placed upon helping others to realize the internal spiritual power that is inherent within the human species. Lennon Honor's websites are LennonHonor.com and LennonHonorFilms.com. Be sure to check them out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What on Earth is Happening, Mr. Lennon Honor. Lennon, it's a pleasure to have you here with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. I do appreciate uh, you allowing me to come on to your show. Uh, of course, we had you on uh, last or yeah last week, and it, you just blessed us so. So for for me to be on your show here, I am so very thankful, and I'm also thankful to all the listeners who are listening in at this time. Absolutely, it was really fun to do the interview on your show this past Friday. And as I said, I'll be putting that interview up on the What on Earth is Happening website as, as quickly as I can get it up there. So, Lennon, uh, why don't we get started by having you tell our listenership a little bit about your personal background and how you got started uh, in doing the very important work that you're currently involved in. Sure. Yes, this goes back uh, many, many years. Um, I always, when I have radio interview guests on, I always ask the question, you know, what is your background? Because in many cases, people have a misconception that uh, where an individual is at when they meet that individual is where that individual has always been at. Yes. <laughs> yes. But there are, it's a journey. 
And there are challenges, there are obstacles, there are failures, there's successes, there's bliss, there's pain, there's suffering, there's goodness, uh, all throughout life that gets one to where they are at. And my journey from the beginning has been a remarkable one. I think everyone on the planet, we have all, each and every one of us, we've had a remarkable journey up to where we are at today. And I was born and raised in San Diego, California, here in the United States of America. And I had, uh, I have five, uh, one brother and four sisters. And uh, I was raised, uh, as a musician. So at a very early age, my father was a musician as well. I had a lot of family members who were musicians. So my outlook on life really revolved around uh, music, sound, and vibration. Uh, later on, uh, as a musician, I ended up going to college at University of California, Irvine, where I studied uh, music performance there. Um, during that time, I was also actively involved in community groups. I was the president of the African-American Student Union, so there was a lot of uh, political movements, if you will, that I was involved with. Um, and even at that time, I was asking critical questions about the nature of reality here on planet Earth. And I should say the collective reality that we all are connected to, to some degree. Some of us are able to unplug on different levels, but the general uh, consensus reality, I had a lot of questions even then. Uh, coming out of college, uh, as a musician, I continued to perform and toured uh, in the States and also outside of the States. And... Uh, that was a wonderful experience as well. And by the time I was 25, uh, I really had some critical questions. And I was always asking uh, questions about, you know, spirituality, you know, questions about uh, my life purpose, questions about the significance of the human species on the planet. And throughout my life, I'd had so many spiritual experiences, what we would call a spiritual experience that I had, I just could not quite understand. But by the time I was 25, things began to come into place. And that was when I was doing the most amount of personal work and refining myself as a human being, as a young man. And I met my wife in Oakland, California when I was 25. And that was really the beginning of the next phase of my life. And about two years uh, later, after meeting my wife, we were pregnant with our first son. And uh, I say we because I take a collective approach when it comes to the masculine, feminine, male, and female. Um, it was interesting because at that point, my wife and I, we really had to think critically in terms of our children's future and what we were going to expose them to or allow them to be exposed to. So then, again, all of those questions that I had about this collective consensus reality, and all of the various degrees of manipulation that takes place, this manipulation designed to stagnate the spiritual progressions of the human species on planet Earth so that the spiritual, the spiritual quality and nature of the planet would also be devolved. Uh, my wife and I, we had critical questions about that. How much were we going to allow our children to be exposed to this type of thing? I remember that um, once my, my second son was born, we had gone to the library. And this is how I got into the work doing film work and analysis, got into the occult, got into the alternative information, got into, uh, you know, uh, certain spiritual ideas. We went to the library and there were some films that were available in DVD. And there was one called Angels in the Outfield. It was a film that was produced through Disney. 
And one of my sons, he liked to play with balls like many young boys do. And I said, maybe he can check this out. I brought it home and my wife and I, even then we screened, we screened everything. Uh, we did not vaccinate our children. We had our first two uh, children. Again, this is going against the consensus reality because we wanted our children to come onto and, and materialize and manifest onto this world in the most pristine, blessed, uplifting, high vibration uh, level possible that we were able to manifest and provide for them. Uh, this movie I, I put on because we screened everything. I should also mention that our last four our last uh, three children, we actually did home birth here at home, and I brought them about with my wife, and they were born into my own hands, unassisted. This is what I mean by when we talk about uplifting this human species and getting us back on track to what I call cosmic respectability. There are things that we can begin to do, ways that we can begin to think, actions that we can begin to take. And one of the things that we must do is be very careful in terms of the manipulation of the mind of human beings, especially our children. So I was watching, we watched this movie and we watched probably about the first 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes of it. And it was called Demons in the Outfield. And by, by the first 15 minutes, my wife and I realized that there was something wrong. By the 20th minute, we said there is no way that we are going to allow our children to watch this film. What I did after that was I took the film, I even took it out of the house and put it in the car. I said, I don't even want this inside my home. And I said, tomorrow I'm taking it back to the library. What we found in that, and I had already been studying different people. You know, I'd already been into Jordan Maxwell. I'd been into David Icke. I'd been to um, various individuals. Uh, I, I mean, I can give a whole list of individuals who, you know, their information had caused me to begin to question this consensus uh, reality. Uh, Michael Tessarian being another one. There's so many different people. Uh, what we found in that video was that there was a lot of subliminal programming, subconscious programming that was being projected through the film that had a connection to what people call pedophilia. And for my wife and I, as we watched the film, we were just thoroughly disgusted by this. And I, I just said to myself, how is this possible? How is it that this Disney film that is very well known, and I remember even watching it when I was a child, how is it that this could, could even be on a DVD and it being, but it's all on a subconscious level. Most people do not realize it. So I remember once I picked the film back, I told my wife, I said, you know, one day I want to start to do analysis because I'm really big into to taking an intellectual approach to things and doing analysis, breaking things down, doing the research, look at the symbology, look at the, the occult aspects of things, which means, as you stated so eloquently, it just means the secret aspect, the things that are hidden that most people do not perceive, even though it's in plain sight. And I said, yes. one day I want to come back and do this, do a documentary to, to kind of share with it because I think people should be aware so they can protect their children's minds. It's so very important. And it wasn't until about a year later that I had read a book by Dr. Wilson Brian Keyes titled The Age of Manipulation, where he deals with subliminal messages and the, the, impact of the, uh, the impact that subliminal messages have on the subconscious mind. And I got into him because I read, a, read one of David, uh, well, actually read all of David Icke's books except the last three. But in one of David Icke's books, he talked about the subliminal aspect of manipulation, and then he gave reference to Dr. Wilson Brian Key. I went and got a whole bunch of his books, read his books, and in one of them, he gave reference to Michael Jackson's Beat It. And he did not go into analysis. He just made it as a proposal that there was a subliminal message that was embedded within that song and video that had to do with homosexual male group masturbation. And when I read that, I said, this guy is absolutely insane. I said, there is no way. I've seen that video so many times. I sung the song as a child. I knew the dances. There's no way. This is Michael Jackson. It's just music. 
this shattered my reality because one of the things about me, even if someone makes a proposal that is absolutely ridiculous to me at the time, I do do I do my due diligence to look into it, do the research, do the analysis, and come to my own conclusion, draw my own conclusion. And all of us, we should do this. Yes, we should do this. If if Marcus has any information. Do your due diligence. Do the work. Do the analysis. Do the research. Try to find things that confirms what he says. If I propose something, you should do the same. We have to train our, ourselves to do this because the consensus reality tells us to accept whatever someone says at face value without any critical thinking. This is mind control. So the more and more I looked into, because I said I'm going to look into this, I looked into Michael Jackson's beat it, and everything that Dr. Wilson Brian Key has proposed in his book was absolutely true. That shattered my reality. It hurt as a musician. It hurt as someone, as a child, singing this song over and over again, beat it, beat it, beat it. Well, this is, they're talking about male group homosexual masturbation. This shattered my reality. And at that point, I said, I have to do what I have. I have to do something. So my first film was titled What Lies in Plain Sight? And I do an analysis of Michael Jackson's music to show people how the degrees of the manipulation. See, most of us, we think that the war is a physical war. We think that the war is bombs, explosions, martial law. We think that it's, it's someone coming and taking your children from you because you didn't vaccinate. No, the war is psychological. It is about the manipulation of the mind. It is about, if I can say, the manipulation of human consciousness on planet Earth. That was how I got started on this journey and since then i've produced many many documentaries i started my own radio show going back years ago and i've just addressed so many different topics because the depth of the manipulation as you know mark is quite profound yes it is i mean they know more about the human psyche and how it operates than almost anyone on earth this dark cabal that we're talking about that is doing this mental manipulation this psychological warfare on the human public and the the real key that we what we need to do is we need to understand ourselves more much more to the extent that uh, that knowledge will help us to steal ourselves to protect ourselves against such manipulative efforts without that knowledge we're defenseless but with a deep knowledge of the human psyche we can protect ourselves against these uh, mental and psychological manipulation techniques Yes, absolutely. And, and that means that we have to study. We have to research. We have to understand aspects of human psychology. We have to understand the manipulative techniques. There are so many, and you're aware of this. There are, because we, I mean, we can go category by category. Sure. We can look at, we can look at religion and the indoctrination, you know, procedures that people are indoctrinated into accepting these belief systems that if you really think about it intellectually, they make no sense. I mean, even if you want to look at it spiritually, it makes no sense because ultimately it causes the individual to externalize their power. They feel weak. They feel helpless. They feel like something out there in space is going to save them. And in the process, they don't do their due diligence. They don't do their personal work. They just externalize their power onto something else. Well, this is part of the control network. As long as we externalize power, we will continue to be, as a species, we will continue to be oppressed. It's really that simple. We can look at edu the education system. My wife and I, we do homeschooling. We didn't vaccinate, we homeschool. This is another area. If y'all remember, y'all, for those of was born and raised in the public education system, that is not a place where individuals are given information that we can use to protect ourselves from the various degrees of manipulation. In point of fact, it is merely an indoctrination procedure that we engage in. 
for through the public education. So, so we can go down on so many different levels. You've outlined so many different levels, and that's why it's so important that each and every one of us, we have to study. We have to research. We have to look into individuals like Mark Pasch or some of the other individuals I've already mentioned, and there's a whole host of other folks that we can get into. And, and it's not that we simply accept what Mark says or what I say or what anyone else says. The idea is that you do your due diligence, you research, you educate yourself. You begin to think critically, you ask critical questions, and then you come to your, you draw your own conclusion. And based upon what you have learned, you use it to empower yourself. Once you use it to empower yourself, the suffering ends, the manipulation ends. This is to say that all the degrees of manipulation, because we can, we can go over a list. I mean, it is, it is so profound, what I call the superstructure and the various degrees of manipulation. Regardless of the degrees of manipulation, it always comes back to the individual. In the end, we have the power. In the end, we either consent via ignorance or via understanding to a particular reality. It's up to us. We either consent or we don't. We choose to create something different. My wife and I, we are choosing to create something different. And that's why I try to, I'm trying to inspire folks to just reclaim your power. At first, it's about reclaiming your sight so you can see the various degrees of manipulation. But a lot of folks get stuck there. That was my whole model. Reclaim your sight. See the manipulation. See the various degrees of manipulation, whether it's in government, whether it's, you know, the politicians, whether it's in the education system, whether it's vaccines, whatever the case may be. See the, yes, see it for what it is, but ultimately come to a place of personal empowerment wherein now you begin to create a reality that transforms the nature of our collective reality on planet Earth. That is a creative process. But as you stated, we have to do the research and we have to, we have to study and we have to take the time to think, to ask critical questions. And if we do that, we can set ourselves on course to where we can begin to make appropriate decisions and we can make the best decisions for our children as well. That's exactly right. And again, that is all only possible if we do our own due diligence, if we do our study, and if we do our research into human psychology. Again, if we remain in ignorance, we're going to be open to all of those manipulation tactics, not only for ourselves, but then we're going to be exposing them to our children as well, and future generations are going to be growing up with the same problems that lead to all of the self-inflicted suffering that we are currently experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. It perpetuates itself. See, we all have to understand that this system has been here for a long time. <laughs> it's not anything new. It's See, ancient. It ancient. is ancient. It, absolutely. It is ancient. We have this misconception. Once we begin to see it, again, we reclaim our sight. We have vision. We think that it just started. No, it has been on planet Earth for such a long time. So what that means is that unless we begin to transcend space and time, meaning that we can transmit information cross-generationally that will empower the next generation, it will continue to perpetuate itself. So as you stated, we have to, we have to engage in the process of educating ourselves, researching, but then also passing it on to future generations. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. And I'm doing it over the Internet, but I'm also doing it inside my own home. Can you imagine, Mark, if when you were born, your mother and father know, knew what you know now? Oh, wow. <laughs> it would be hard to imagine the path that my life would have taken if that were the case. Oh, my. And I can only imagine myself. I can, brother, I can only imagine myself. So we have to put that in context for those who are listening in. That we are all, we, we have an excellent opportunity that if we so choose, 
we can take what we have learned, continue to learn, but take what we have learned, and, and the idea is to use it to benefit ourselves. It's not enough just to know. It's not enough. It, it, we have to, it has to become practical. That's one of the things I appreciate about you is it's not just about a lot of giving people the lens through which they can begin to perceive the various degrees of manipulation. You also give solutions. See, that, that's it. It's about the solutions. What can we do with this information to empower ourselves? And it, it must transcend space and time. We must reach into millennia, into the future. We have to reach into the future, not just simply holding back to the past. See, the way forward is never in the past. The way forward is to have vision for the future. And one of the things, what my wife and I was very clear, we have made so many sacrifices. We have made so many commitments that a lot of folk are simply unwilling to make. But we recognize that our objective is to, to raise whole children who will be beacons of light on planet Earth. And they can carry the information that we will bestow upon them to the next level, and then they can bestow that upon their own children. And then in the process, other people, this is what it's all about. And imagine what kind of impact people who have been raised in a holistic environment, in a truly holistically intelligent environment, can have when they uh, grow up themselves uh, to uh, begin to spread information and awareness such as this. I mean, the, the impact would completely snowball it would just build and build upon itself and uh, that's what we need that's the service that we really need to do if we're bringing children into the world i know this has been such a huge important part of your work uh conscious parenting and you know uh working with people to help them to understand techniques of how to help to raise children so that they can themselves grow up to be conscious adults would you like to speak a bit about uh that work that you've been doing Yes, absolutely. And we've had some wonderful radio interview guests who've spoken about this. The one that comes to mind off the bat is Denise Barcelo. Another one is Mary Coco. She came on and spoke a couple of days ago. Uh, there is a need, and we can get into spirituality and metaphysics. There is a need for this species to come back to the realm of cosmic respectability. There, and you talked about this. There are spiritual laws. <laughs> absolutely. You know, Yes, there are spiritual laws that govern this particular dimensional reality. And when you come to understand these spiritual laws, you realize that you have, as you eloquently stated, you have free will, but then there are also laws that govern the direction of our experiences here. And you gave, uh, quite, you gave a couple of examples. It was fascinating, too. I was smiling. I, I like to say, yes, we're in a free will zone, but there's no such thing as free will without consequence. We choose, yeah. we make behavior, we, we uh, you know, act, and then there are consequences for those behaviors. Absolutely. That, that's it. The consequences. And one of the things that has happened is that the human species has become so devolved. And I'm saying collectively, and I'm part of this. We are all part of this. I don't say like someone's less than or someone's greater than. I'm talking about the species. See, my whole orientation is how do we get this whole species back on track to cosmic respectability? This is when, you know, as a species, we come into a level of understanding as to particular spiritual laws. And one of the spiritual laws that governs this particular dimensional reality is that we must be responsible for all that we create. And so when I say responsible, that is absolutely what you are speaking of, that there are consequences and we are responsible for what we do and the consequences of what we do. <laughs> now, let me tie this to because to, to children, because the greatest, greatest creative act that an individual as, that as a human being that we can create do on planet Earth is to bring forth another life. 
So therefore, if we bring forth another life, there is a spiritual law that says that we must be responsible for that life. We must care for that life. We must raise that life. We must educate that life. We must nurture that life. We must love that life. We must give it, we must give to it all that it needs so that it can flourish and become its maximum potential. You see, the manipulation that we find is what takes away that sense of we're reaching towards our maximum potential. It is the maximum potential that we call true ascension on planet Earth. And this is when we get back into the realm of cosmic respectability. So part of what I'm saying is that when we really look at it that way, when we, when we conceive children, it is serious business. As a matter of fact, whenever you create anything, it is serious because not only is what you're going to create be something that you must be responsible for, but what you create is also going to impact future generations here on planet Earth. It's going to impact yes. the quality of life on planet Earth. So That's Mark, right. when you do your, your lecture series, when you do your radio show, this is your creation. Your creation is manifesting in the physical. Yes. People are listening to it. It is impacting human consciousness. It is transforming the vibrational field here on planet Earth. You are responsible for that. That's right. So, See, so whatever it is that we create, we must be responsible for it. And when we talk about conscious parenting, above all else, when we have these beautiful, beautiful children who are symbolic representations of ourselves, we must be consciously aware of all that we are doing from conception to birth and beyond. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, in order to come onto that level of understanding, this is where we have to do the internal work, the personal refinement. Am I the best man that I can be? Am I the best father that I can be? Can I become greater? See, these are the critical questions that we have to ask. See, the, the, the power structure that we find ourselves under, it stagnates our progressions in life to such a degree that we don't recognize our true power. It's all about externalizing power. See, that's what this whole system is about. It is about externalizing your power. So instead of you raising your creation, you externalize your power to raise them and educate them, and then you hand your child over to the state to be raised within the school system. Instead of feeding your children nutritional foods, the system is designed to have you externalize your power, so now it's about McDonald's and Burger King. See, this is the externalization. Instead of coming into your own spiritual understanding, you externalize your spiritual abilities and your spiritual potential to ascend. You externalize that into a religious institution that tells you what spirituality is. See, it's all about the external. Instead of you transforming the nature of your reality, you externalize to a politician expecting them to change Barack Obama, to change your reality. It's all about externalizing power. Yes. So when we come, whether it's conscious parenting, whether it's coming into a level of human consciousness, wherein you begin to make the choices to empower yourself, in the first place, you must, we all must not externalize our power. See, this species is far more profound and powerful than we have been told. That's right. When we begin to understand this, all see, I have this saying, this, this whole power structure, when we understand our true power as human beings, as spiritual beings, when we embrace the spiritual component of ourselves, the control network in the power structure becomes nothing more than a faint mist surrounding a blazing sun. You are the blazing sun. All you have to do is shine. When you shine, that faint mist begins to dissipate, and then you shine your light onto the cosmos. 
But we have to get to the point where we stop externalizing our power, stop seeing ourselves as these beings who are lowly, who were birthed in sin. No, we were birthed in love. See, the transformation of our whole orientation as it relates to the cosmos must take place if we're going to get this species back on track to cosmic respectability. Very, very powerful. Uh, what, what a term, cosmic respectability. I mean, that's ultimately what it all comes down to. It has to begin with respect, which is taking another look at oneself. If we are unwilling to do that, we can never truly reclaim our power and reclaim our personal responsibility for that which we create. Absolutely. And you talked about spiritual laws. This is one of the primary ones. So I'm saying this to everyone out there. You must be responsible for all that you create. And if you're going to be responsible, you also have to have a level of understanding prior to creating a thing as to what is the intent of that which you are creating. We have to be very clear about this. Because sometimes we may create things and we may think that it's going to benefit someone else, but in actuality, it, there are consequences. It brings a backlash. We have to be more consciously aware of what we are bringing onto the planet. This includes ch children, documentary work, music, etc. Come into a level of consciousness to whatever it is that we create. It is a conscious choice. See, the system, the manipulation, has people making decisions, not consciously, but based upon programming. All of the subliminal manipulation, all of the subconscious programming. See, there is this, this biological thing that we call human being, and this is why when we talk about the power structure, there are individuals who are very, very clear. We can call them think tanks, who are very clear as it relates to the psychology of this species. Yes. And they understand that the species itself, just like all things that materialize in this particular dimensional reality, is comprised of two parts that are married together. There is a biological component that's Lynn and Honor that you all hear, whose voice you hear here. <laughs> that's Mark Castle here, right? That's you who's listening. That is your biological component. And then there is the spiritual component. This spiritual component is where your true power lies. And that is where consciousness lies in the first place. It is not a material thing. It is an ethereal thing. The biological component is a physical thing. It is married. They're not separate. They are not in opposition. That's they right. are part of the whole. That's right. Just like when this particular creation stream decided to ex extend itself out into existence, it separated itself into masculine and feminine. And in separating itself, though they were still whole, now it could perceive the masculine perception of reality and the feminine perception of reality. See, those who manipulate human consciousness, they understand these basic principles. So part of what has happened to the human species is to deny our awareness. When I talk about human consciousness, we're dealing with the mind of the human being, to deny to our mind the awareness of our spiritual component. We can call that the soul. This soul is transcendental. It is it is beyond time and space. It, its wisdom transcends the normal human experience. It goes deep into time where time was, no long, was not even present. It, it's, its understanding of the nature of reality is more profound than as simply a biological entity. We can even begin to conceptualize. So let's deny the human species this aspect of their being. 
Let's make them go on journeys to find out their true power. Let's make them believe that they are simply biological and that they must become somehow spiritual, not realizing that they're spiritual in the first place. Y'all see the manipulation? <laughs> you know, it's like when people say, I want to become more spiritual. No, you just simply want to know thyself. That's right. When, when we say, I want to become more spiritual, what we're saying is that we are suffering from spiritual amnesia. We do not know the full breadth of ourselves. What am I getting at here? To make a short story long. <laughs> 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 this human species just as there is a masculine and a feminine, there is the visible and the invisible. There is also the biological and the spiritual. And it is about bringing into balance both parts of ourselves, not just the biological part, but also the spiritual component. Now, this directly relates to the consciousness of the human being. The consciousness of the human being is comprised of two parts. We're all comprised of at least two parts, ladies and gentlemen. We are all comprised of at least two parts. We are multidimensional. This mind of the human being, there is a higher level of this mind or human consciousness, and we can call that conscious awareness. And then there is a lower quality here. And it's not that it's less than, because it's all part of the whole. That is the subconscious mind. And there's that line in the middle that is the subliminal. It is liminal, below that liminal. Liminal is below the normal auditory or visual perception of the human being. What has happened is that the vast majority of the human species has been programmed to operate based upon their subconscious programming, not based upon their conscious mind. The conscious mind is closely associated with spiritual consciousness. The subconscious mind is largely associated with our base carnal reality here on planet Earth. That's why all the various degrees of manipulation, if you all really take a look at it, it's, it's directed toward causing us to have particular emotional responses that are tied to our lower nature. Exactly. Exactly. Fear. It's all about death, destruction, carnage, uh, sex. It's some of the most graphic, heinous sexual projections that you can even imagine. Pornography comes into the picture. This is appealing to that base level instinct of human being. See, ladies and gentlemen, the biological instinct that we call the human being, its biological nature is that of an animal. The spiritual nature is illumination. It is elevation. It is transformative. The idea is that when you begin to operate based upon your conscious awareness, you begin to ascend the workings of the biological entity that we call the human being. You see, this is true spiritual illumination. This is what folk had called her in Akhet, or the Sphinx in, in ancient Egypt or ancient Kemet. You have the head of a lion and the, uh, the head of a human being in the body of the lion. The body of the lion was the lower nature. Right. This is the animalistic quality of the human being. That's, that's that, exactly that, right. Yes. And I know you know this because yes. you studied this. The head means it is, it is conscious now. It is a human being that is reaching to its higher nature. You can even look at the chakra system going up. The same rule applies. So what has happened is that most of us, we've been manipulated to deal within the scope of our lower nature. And when we talk about getting the species back on track to cosmic respectability, it can't come that way. See, the uh, spiritual agreement that was made between that which created the human species, which was a physical entity in and of itself. I don't know if we want to believe that somehow with this God being out in space, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother time. This too is externalization of power. In creating this human species on planet Earth, there was an understanding that it operated initially as nothing more than an animal. That's why most of us, we operate just like an animal. We have these autonomic functions we don't even have to think about. 
we don't have to tell ourselves our heart beats. We don't have to tell ourselves open and close your eyes. We don't have to tell ourselves, okay, breathe. We don't, because this is all part of the autonomic nature. This is part of our autonomic functioning. It's tied to our biological, our biology, our physiology. All of this is encoded within our DNA. This dynamic, in terms of the human species, in terms of it progressing beyond its current its condition when it was first created, it would not provide for its elevation spiritually. So there was a, and I'm using this symbolically speaking, ladies and gentlemen, a spiritual contract which was made, if you will. Wherein now there were spiritual beings that went into contract with the biological entities that we call human beings. That spiritual being is the other half of you, ladies and gentlemen. This is consciousness itself, which does not exist in the earthly domain. It is projected from the ethereal through what we call spirit into the material, which animates this biological entity so that it can begin to reach beyond its autonomic functioning. What has happened is we have been locked into a prison of autonomic functioning. How so? Because we have been programmed to operate based upon our subconscious programming. And see, that is why all the degrees of manipulation, it is designed to impact not your consciousness because your consciousness reaches beyond this domain. It is not to manipulate your soul being, if you will. It does not have the power to do that. It is, in, it is issued so as to manipulate your subconscious mind, which is, told, which is tied to your animalistic nature. So this is to say that in many cases, we believe we are making choices, conscious choices, but it's nothing more that, than programming that was, was embedded into our subconscious mind until we come into a level of consciousness as it relates to our perception of reality as a human being. When we begin to operate based upon our higher mind, if you will, nothing is going to change. See, so long as we operate based upon our subconscious programming, we will continue to operate as animals. See, when we talk about cosmic respectability, we cannot operate like animals. Because That's if right. we operate like animals, we're just going to basically be perpetuating what we find here in nature. But the great earth mother herself wishes to continue to grow. See, this is in part why we are here on the planet, ladies and gentlemen. We're not here to suffer. We're not here to create and then abandon our children. We're not here to have horrible male female relations. We're not here to be put in fear about the Illuminati and the Freemasons and all this stuff. That's not why we are here. We are here to help that which, uh, which, which gave us life in the first place. We are here to help to ascend that being which bestowed upon us life in the first place. But we can't do that if we operate like animals because nature works in this way. Nature functions to maintain nature as is, and this is fine. However, once the, that which created something wants to reach beyond that and wants to become something greater, we can no longer simply operate within the scope of our natural tendencies as a biological entity. This is to say, ladies and gentlemen, that if you are a human being and you are not consciously aware of what you are doing, then you are simply operating like any other animal on planet Earth. And this is what the species was doing from the beginning. Right. Once you come into a level of conscious awareness, now you begin to transform the nature of your engagement on planet Earth. Now you can begin to make conscious choices. Now you can begin to do those things that will get this species back on track to cosmic respectability. And see, that um, subconscious manipulation programming that uh, the cabal is constantly projecting at us 
it's all designed for ultimately one purpose, and that's to get us to identify with that lower nature, which you were speaking of. If we are identified with that, and we believe it is our perception that that is who we are, that that is our overarching fundamental worldview, then we're going to continue to elicit uh, all of the responses of that lower nature and the, the conditions that we're going to generate or create in the world are all going to be geared toward an animal existence as opposed to a higher existence and one where we're creating consciously and not experiencing enormous amounts of self-inflicted suffering. Yeah, absolutely. And you see, and this is one of the things that I really appreciate you uh, appreciate about you, Mark, is you put it in the terms we're in. Ultimately, we materialize the suffering. Right. That is so very true. It's not. It's not that there's someone else out there who is making anyone else suffer. You know, it, it, that's not it. It's whether or not we accept that base level perception of reality that is being embedded of, of, into our subconscious mind. See, we can either make a choice to accept it or to reject it. It really comes down to that. It's not that someone else is causing us to suffer. Right. It is, it is based upon our choices. That's right. right. And if we make conscious choices, well, then we will have conscious results. If we make unconscious choices, then we will suffer. We will basically buy into whatever the program is, and then we will materialize without even thinking about it. See, that's what these animals do. See, they, they run a particular program every single day. They run the same program every right. single day. If we're going to ascend the species back into the realm of cosmic respectability, we have to spiritualize the biological component. Y'all understand this dynamic? See, we think that somehow we got to go find spirituality. No, you are spiritual. That's the other half of you. The objective is to change your orientation to the cosmos. You are not just a human being that is subject to all this manipulation. You are a conscious being that is far more profound than we have ever been told that is bestowing spirituality unto yourself, you bestow that upon yourself. This is when you come to a level of consciousness. This means that you make conscious choices now that reaches beyond the autonomic functioning of the human being. This is to say that there are people who are walking around that are basically operating. See, even if you took away consciousness from the biological entity, spiritual consciousness, because if you take spiritual consciousness away from the biological entity, it will still function as is. It will still reproduce. It will still eat. It will still do everything. It will still breathe. It will still do all the things that any other animal would do. See, our responsibility, mean, what it means is that we have to connect, make the connection. It is a spiritual connection between one half of our existence that we have been led to identify with, which is being so manipulated over time. Right. Make the connection between that half of ourselves and our spiritual self. When we do that, we can also take it to the next step and say, what am I? Who am I is letting honor this biological entity talking with y'all here, but what am I? I am a cosmic being that is bestowing upon this biological entity, spiritual consciousness, so that this biological entity can be, begin to reach beyond its autonomic functioning. And as it reaches beyond its autonomic functioning, it becomes more spiritualized. It begins to do those things that are in line with that which needs to be done for cosmic respectability. That's the true challenge here. So powerful. I mean, uh, I, I just can feel the energy of what you're speaking of because that's really what this is all about. That's the entire way out is to reach uh, down deep into ourselves, ask ourselves that ultimate question of who are we, and um, make the connection that you're talking about between the, the, the physical aspects of ourselves, which are, are, of course, important. We don't want to abandon that because that's what helps us to have an experience here in this domain, but to ultimately go even far deeper and past that and to um, make that connection to the, the spiritual reality of ourselves as cosmic beings. 
And when we do that, the entire worldview that we previously held completely changes. And as a result, we are empowered. We step outside of that identification with that lower self, and we make that connection, that bridge to the, the, the higher aspects of the self. From there, all possibilities become possible. And the, the, the program that we were running, uh, this lower nature program, does, no longer maintains control over the totality of the being. Now, absolutely. And see, it's interesting because, as you stated, this understanding, this is what the occult is. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's all it is. That's all it is. You know, and, and I mean, and, and you, you've broken it down. You know, it's just, it just means that it's hidden. It's secret. Yes. There, there are those who would call us occultists, Lenin. And while that may be the case, we have studied the principles of the occult and, and occultism in general. I like to refer to people like us as the occultists. Yeah. We are taking that which has been hidden from humanity for all too long and revealing it to the light of day so that people can put it into practical applications in their lives and therefore heal themselves and create a better experience in their world. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. You know, and as you stated, there's this, uh, there is this misnomer, if you will. You know, you've talked about you know, etymology and, and the manipulation of words and how people, they may hear one word, but it means something totally different. Yes. People have this reaction whenever they hear that. Well, it just means secret. What is the secret knowledge that has been denied to the human species that will allow the species, once understood, to begin to move beyond its autonomic functioning and the various degrees of programming, much of which is subconscious. You know, this is psychology. That's all it comes down to. What is the, it's psychological warfare. What is the secret? That's what is right. it that we need to know? And, and we can go through, I mean, there's so many different levels to this that we can get into it when we talk about, you know, what people would consider to be the occult. But fundamental to this is the realization that we are much more powerful than we, what we have been told. See, as long as we externalize power, and, we, and, and this is part of what the indoctrination okay, you must externalize your power. You go to school, and while you're at school, you're told what, you're, what you need to learn. You're told when to go to class. You're told when to go eat, when to go to recess. It's, it's the externalization of power. Whatever the person says that's teaching you, you cannot question it. You cannot ask any critical questions. And then if you get through school, if you like to go into, you know, a, a higher education, then you, you're going to find the same dynamic play itself. You get to get mind control to the next level and, and to the next degree, as they say. So the more degrees you have, that just means that you've been indoctrinated further along into the system. It's all about externalizing power. We go to the church and there's some dude sitting up there on top of the pastor and he's telling people what spirituality is. How is that possible? How is it possible, if we are infinite beings, how is it possible that one person can tell you what spirituality is to you? This, these are the secrets. It's your work. That's your work to do, Absolutely. to dis discover within yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And see, it's more empowering. See, but then what happens is, is that as soon as someone hears the word occult, which simply means secret or hidden, people start to, they just flip out. No, what you're doing is you're reacting. It is based upon the subconscious programming. It is based upon the manipulation causing the individual to react this way, it, not realizing that that which was hidden from them was what they need in order to progress in their life yes. and become full, thriving human beings that have a spiritual connection to consciousness itself. That's the secret, ladies and gentlemen. That is exactly right. Exactly. And uh, that's all the occult is. It's ancient psychology psychological yeah. knowledge that has been hidden from humanity which is really its birthright this knowledge is humanity's birthright and we are simply trying to unveil it to unmask it to take it out of hiding so that people can grow and prosper as a result of holding that knowledge within themselves 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as you know, Mark, and those and any of anyone out there who's done this kind of work, you know this that we get so much resistance from people. We we can we can try to help people and so and see it's so sincere. It's not like we have ulterior mo- we just want to help the species to continue to spiritually evolve. Right. You see, that's that's the whole calling. See, I have this understanding that this species is here to assist that which created it, so that which created it can continue to progress spiritually. So in this sense, we have to be very careful. When we have children, our children are there to assist us in growing spiritually. Did y'all know that? See, we've been told the opposite. We've been told children are a burden. You know, they're because too much. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, children, they're going to take up all your time. You're not going to be able to do Your life is over. I've heard people say things like this about creation itself. You know, your life is over once you have children. What, what a testimony as to the level of ignorance. See, this is, the, this is the antithesis of the secret. This is the programming that we have been given. This is the total disempowerment of the human being because when we are able to materialize a new version of ourselves, we are extending ourselves beyond our space and time as a single human being. Now we're reaching into future generations. And that's what my children are. They are me. My, my daughters, they are the feminine representation of me. My sons, they are the masculine representation of me. I am moving forward through them in time. When I leave this body, I will still be here in their form. This is the secret. But we've been told the opposite. We've been told that children, you know, they're, they're just going to take away from your life. All these different types of things. And it becomes apparent at a certain point. Well, I say apparent, not apparent, but it becomes apparent at a certain point that the various degrees of manipulation was initialized so that we would, we would deny ourselves of this capacity to reach into the future and impact the future in profound ways. I have this understanding that if we can get this species back on, on track to cosmic respectability, we can begin to serve that which created us and assist that which created us in its spiritual progression. Let me say this. That which created this biological entity was not some masculine projection of power and domination out there in the space somewhere who has a beard. That's not what created this human, this human species. If I ask you people who are listening here, this is what I'm talking about. We talk about empowering ourselves. Lennon, profound words. Hold on, we're going to take a quick station break for two minutes. It'll give you a chance to compose that thought and finish it. And we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, with our special guest today on What on Earth is Happening, Mr. Lennon Honor. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today, my special guest on the show is husband, father, musician, video producer, talk show host, personal consultant, lecturer, and writer, Mr. Lennon Honor. And we're going to get right back to Lennon in just a moment. I want to give the call-in number for the show because if time permits, I'd like to take a few calls for Lennon from the listening audience. The call-in number to join us is 
1065. Once again, the um, the guest is Lennon Honor. If you want to call in with a question for Lennon, the call-in number to join us is toll-free 866-841-1065. I see we already have a few people um, on hold in the call-in queue. So please be patient. We'll get to your calls uh, later on in this uh, second hour of the show. Lennon, you were talking about that ultimately we're really um, here on earth and we're, we're serving our creator through the very expression of our lives and what we create here on earth. So would you like to continue with that uh, line of, of thought? Yes, please. Thank you so much, Mark. And thanks again for having me as a radio interview guest. Absolutely. A, a pleasure to have a guest of your honor and, and your wisdom here with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Um, when we talk about the occult, one of the things that has happened in terms of the subjugation of the species is to have the species externalize its power into space somewhere. And this is epitomized with what we call the God concept. Now, I have an understanding also that all things exist somewhere. <laughs> I mean, even non-existence exists someplace. Uh, there are things that exist simply in a person's mind, but that is real to them, and reality is relative in the end. In this sense, it is relative. One person can have a particular reality stream going in their life, and someone else may have another reality going on in their life. One person may be experiencing bliss. The other person may be suffering and not know what bliss is. Uh, and then there is a collective consensus reality that we abide to. So the complexity of it all goes on and on and on. But part of what I'm saying is that when we externalize our power to some God being out in space, and I'm not saying that it does not exist, what we are doing in, in essence is we are denying our true creator. Now, when I say creator, I'm talking about the biological component of ourselves. The spiritual component, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother show. If I ask anyone who's listening here, if I ask you, and I just like to think about things critically and just use adequate discernment. If I ask you, what created you? Most people, and some people, I wouldn't say most, but some people say it was a God being out in space. The God being out in space has nothing to do with creating you. And, and when you do that, you deny that creative force that actually created you. So it is a form of disrespect unto that which created you. See, all things that you create are materialized and manifested to help you in your own spiritual progressions. If they deny you, if they say you did not create me, then they are no longer serving their purpose. They are no longer assisting you in your spiritual progression. So we talk about cosmic respectability. We have a whole species on planet Earth that was created not by a God being, and many of, these, many of the individuals in this species are externalizing their power to this masculine projection of power and domination, this group out there in space who's waiting to judge you at some point. Do you understand this? And I'm talking about the base level interpretation that we have, especially in religio-centric uh, arenas. When we get into the occult aspects in terms of what's really taking place in the Bible, that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. Right. What I'm talking about is I want to make that clear here. Astrotheology, if you will. Yes. <laughs> See, I'm talking about the manipulation here. So for those of y'all who are in the know, when we talk about the astrotheological astro uh, aspects, I understand where you're coming from. So please bear with me here. And I'm talking about to the vast majority, when we talk about the manipulation, to have people externalize to this masculine being out in space, and this masculine being is saying things like you were born in sin, and therefore at a certain point, uh, I'm going to judge you to see if you get into heaven. See, what, 
what that religio-centric of, of entire view of the Creator is all about is that it is in itself a projection of the current conditions of humanity incarnated in that worldview. You know, we're living in this totally male-dominated society, this, you know, society based on domination and control, and that is actually, that, that vision of God is actually a projection of the current conditions here on earth in people's minds as God. Absolutely. And this is to say that some of you all, you are creating your God based upon your mentality. You give power to it. This is in some of my earlier work. I talked about this. See, no being has any more power than you do in existence. No being does, only to the degree that you externalize your power unto it. You see, even the subversive use of symbolism. See, Mark, you understand it. Once you understand the symbolism, it no longer impacts you, right? right. Because you're bringing that out of the subconscious level, uh, you know, that animalistic level of programming, and you're bringing it up into the conscious mind, which directly connects with the higher self. Absolutely profoundly stated. You see, so when we, when we externalize our power and we say that some God being masculine being out there created you, this is an abomination. Why? I want to I ask the question, when, if ever, has a masculine being materialized in the physical domain, anything of an organic nature. <laughs> it has never, the masculine project, it cannot, and this is okay because it has a complement called the feminine that it works with in order to create in the material realm. I'm talking about of an organic nature. Sure, we can make a skyscraper. Sure, we can, you know, make a house. We can build. So I'm, that's not what I'm talking about of an organic nature. The biological entity, it is a, the biological nature that we call a human being, it is an organic nature. When, if ever, in this dimensional reality, have a masculine being created anything of an organic nature, anything so below, as above, so below, why then we expect some masculine being out in space to be able to create something of an organic nature here on planet Earth? It cannot be done. It, it's impossible. If you as a man can't do it, then this God being masculine projecting out of space can't do it either. Because the same law applies. That nothing in the, this material realm that is masculine can cre create anything of an organic nature. We can, go into the, uh, we can go into the laboratory and try to create things, but everything that we use as men to create, it comes from something else that created it that was of an organic nature, and that which we use is of an organic nature, and that was sourced from something else. And I asked a critical question, what it, was it sourced from? This is where it gets deep here. Nothing of an organic nature ex exists here on planet Earth, irrespective of that which created these things. And it was not a massive being out there in space that created that many of us, we externalize our power to. This is why we are so, we are held in such low regards in the cosmos right now as a species, because we have denied that it's created. If I ask you, what created you? You people listening here, let me all say, God, no, it was your mother who did it. It was your mother who created you, who held you and formulated you literally in her womb for nine months, gone through the process of creating you, putting you together giving you the head, giving you the arm, giving you the legs, giving you the circulatory system, giving you the heart. She bestows this upon you. Not some God. See, it's such a disrespect to that which created you. I'm talking about you, you human beings. It was your mother. Again, when it ever has something that is of a masculine quality created anything of an organic nature in this, this dimensional reality, never. But we can say in point of fact that 
that which is feminine in nature has and continues to create things of an organic nature here on planet Earth. If this was not true, then you would not exist here right now. Everyone who's listening here, it was your mother. Your mother created you. We have to understand this, ladies and gentlemen, because if we're going to get this species back on the intercosmic respectability, we have to transform our orientation. It's no wonder, it's not by coincidence that all of the various degrees of disrespect and brutality exhibited towards women, it stems from this basic principle that we do not realize that that which created us was not a masculine being. It was a feminine being in essence that went into connection with a masculine being, and the masculine being being the initializer, not the creator, but the initializer. There's a difference between the two. So if we can say now, that it was your mother that created you. And this is logical, and you can look at the spiritual metaphysics. You can even just take a scientific approach. It was your mother that held you in her womb. And her being a physical being, now we take it to the next level. What is it then, therefore, that created the human species itself? And I'm going to tell you all that that which created the human species is that which gives you air to breathe, which gives you water to drink, just like your mother did when she brought you up to her breast to suckle that gives you all of the materials that you need in order to live and then to create things. So that you can have a house and a roof over your head. Understand this, ladies and gentlemen. When you create, when we talked about that basic principle, spiritual law, that you must be responsible for all that you create, your mother is responsible for you every single day by providing you with the air that you breathe, the water you the food that you eat, the, the water that you drink. The, the food, shelter, all that. She provides this. I'm saying she, she does this. And what is she? She is the great earth mother. Just like the fruit on the tree, this species was spawned by the earth. When we understand this, ladies and gentlemen, we began to restructure our, our whole orientation on planet earth. And instead of projecting the appreciation onto this God being out in space that is waiting to judge you someday and be a brute and is all about war, death, and destruction, I'm talking about the base level interpretation of things when we talk about the religio-centric programming. When we come to this understanding of stop externalizing power, now we get back on track towards cosmic respectability. We are here as a species to grow, learn, and become more spiritual. Why? Because as we spiritualize our biological experience here on planet Earth, we spiritualize the nature of the great Earth Mother's experience. That's why we were created. We're supposed to be, help in other words, to make a short story long, ladies and gentlemen. We were not here. We didn't come here in sin so that someday we can be judged, so we, therefore we can go to heaven or go to hell. That's not it. I mean, come on, ladies. What is that, Santa Claus? Come on. That's not, that is, that is so, that's not why we're here. We're simply here to help our mother to spiritually evolve. That's it. That's all, and all of the manipulation is designed to get a sidetrack from this. All of the manipulations that we've talked about, and we can go on into even more, all of it is designed to get us off center so that we are not dealing with our higher nature and higher consciousness. This higher nature and higher consciousness allows us to move beyond our autonomic function, and therefore we can become more spiritualized. And as each one of us becomes more spiritualized, what takes place on planet Earth is the energy field of the Earth itself continues to grow in spirituality. This is the marriage. This is the physical Earth and the spiritual domain coming together. This is what it's all about. The union of the masculine and the feminine, the union of the hidden and the seen. 
The union of the biological nature and the spiritual nature. The union of the lower nature and the higher nature. And yet the union of the earth and her spiritual component, when they are brought together, she comes into wholeness and completion. And on that day, we will be able to say that we have come into a level of cosmic respectability. Absolutely profound. You know, and ultimately that that cycle at, at a, a lower scale of us helping the earth to spiritually evolve and progress has um, a, a fractal dynamic on the even wider scale because the earth will help the solar system to progress and the solar system, the, the galaxy and the galaxy, the universe. Yes, yes, yes. Mark, you are so well studied. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You, I mean, you are so on it. See, I've been on shows. I've talked about it and then people, they sit back like, okay, this guy's crazy. But you know. No, I, I totally understand what, what you're saying, and it's, it's so profound. I'm sitting here like in awe. And I, I, really, I just appreciate that, bro. You know, and, I, and, and see, I didn't even have to say that, but you know, it extends out into the universe. It extends, it extends out into the omniverse. And, it, I mean, it just extends out into all of existence. And that's why we have to take this life experience a lot more seriously. That doesn't mean that we don't enjoy it because that's part of it. But I'm talking about the value of ourselves as human beings. Take this is we are so powerful. We are creating ripples in space and time. We are creating ripples into the solar system. We're creating ripples into the universe, into the omniverse. We are creating ripples that go all the way back to existence when it initially spawned itself out into mass and feminine form. That's how powerful we are. I mean, we, you talk about cosmic responsibility. Uh, yeah. There's there's no better way of explaining it than what you just laid out there. We are more powerful than we think, and we're re ultimately responsible for more than we even think that we are. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said, Mark. Lennon, uh, before we go to some callers, um, um, would you like to talk about the, the books that you have already written and the book that you have uh, basically in the works? And uh, I also want to talk about some of your videos as well and your website. But uh, can we start with uh, um, you giving the listeners a little bit of information about the books that you've already written and the one that you have uh, in writing currently? Yes, absolutely. Um, one of the books in uh, what I'm sourcing, uh, a lot of information I'm talking about here at this time, uh, dealing with uh, spirituality, consciousness, uh, metaphysics, uh, cosmic respectability. All this is outlined with charts and graphs as well in my book, Deep in the Garden of Consciousness. And this is a book that I was so hesitant to write uh, because uh, there are certain levels of information that we receive, some information we, we kind of find along the way and we study, we research, but then there's also information that we actually receive from the cosmos, if you will. And when I say cosmos, I'm talking about your soul self projecting onto your uh, mind, and, and this is done through what I call bio-spiritual interfaces, th these levels of understanding that is projected through spirit, and this spirit is actually received by these bio-spiritual interfaces within the biological entity we call the human being, and then this is, it, this is uh, coded within our thought field. We decode it as thought. Now, so a lot of what I talk about and what I've been talking about, this is information that stems from this orientation. However, you can also find validation about all this if you look into what a lot of folks would say is occult information. It's, it's just hidden, and it's hidden for a reason. And it's out there in the ethers. It's not like any, no one, it's not like you can't access it yourself as a human being. It's just a matter of connection to spirit, if you will. So uh, in this book, I outline um, this relationship between the human species and the earth. I also outline the uh, spiritual significance of our existence here. I talk about consciousness. I also talk about 2012 and ascension, all these different uh, concepts that, I, I, you know, that I've talked about over the years. I have it inside of this book. It's called Deep in the Garden of Consciousness. 
And I've also written a book uh, for fathers. It's titled Writing for the Fathers of the World of Tomorrow and for the Women Who Love Them, uh, because as I stated, one of the primary spiritual laws that governs this particular dimensional reality is that we must be responsible for all that we create. And I must say that Men, we are so very important as it relates to getting the species on track to cause respectability because we are to be the front line of defense of all of the manipulation that is taking place. That is our responsibility as a masculine being. And we can get, that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. Um, and I've done, I've done so many radio shows on that particular topic, and I'm going to be starting a, a back my radio show, Visions of Manhood, in 2013 to address more of that. You can find both of those two books on my website, linenhonor.com. Just look under products, and then there's a link there that says books. Uh, so that's the, the short wrap-up of those. And then I'm now working on a book, and I actually had hoped to have it done by September 11th this past year, but there are some, there's so many things that I've been working on. But I plan on having it done before uh, April because that's when I'm going to be coming to Free Your Mind, the, the conference that you're putting together uh, now. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, so I'll, I will be there in um, – well, that's in Pennsylvania, right? Um, uh, Philadelphia. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to have it available for that uh, event. And this book is dealing with the 911 fear-based mind control program, and this is a fascinating dynamic. It's really getting deep into human psychology and the manipulation of human uh, consciousness and use the use of fear, because that's one of the major uh, mechanisms of domination and control. I propose that the, the, one of the, the most, and you talked about this, one of the most powerful means of controlling someone is simply put them inside of a state of fear, and then they externalize their power. They look for someone else. I mean, everyone who goes to vote is because of, it's out of fear. Ultimately, they have a problem that they feel they can't solve. They're fearful. Right. They expect someone else to solve it. That's so right. the 911 fear-based mind control programming is, uh, is, 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 is initialized every single year about four months prior to September 11th, and we get particular stories that are issued on the news. Again, this is psychological warfare that are dealing with plane problems, bombs, explosions, Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, the same type of rhetoric that was presented on September 11, 2001. And then you get the images of September 11. You get all of this stuff, you know, uh, dealing with terrorism. And it's done every single year. I've been tracking this over time. And what has happened, and I talk about this as inside the book, is that on September 11, 2001, as an act of psychological warfare, people were traumatized on a subconscious level because most people could not process the event of September 11, 2001 in real time. And what happens in terms of human psychology is when we, are, when we experience a traumatic ex experience, what happens is our subconscious mind kicks in in order to protect our conscious mind from living and experiencing the trauma. And that trauma is submerged, therefore. And unless we go through a process of healing, it, it continues to be submerged and it yes. recycles itself inside of the subconscious mind. I know you understand all this stuff, okay? Uh, but for those of y'all who are listening in, so what has happened is that the human species itself on September 11, 2001, it was... It was it was given programming that initialized a level of mind control, control via fear by putting the global population into an extreme level of fear that initialized the subconscious mind, and the whole experience has been submerged within the global population's subconscious mind. Now, what if this, is, this, this is the same technique by which trauma-based mind control absolutely. works and operates, absolutely. except this was done on a mass scale, maybe absolutely. perhaps for one of the first times, I mean, not the first time, but in, in the biggest way in modern times, we witnessed a mass trauma-based mind control event. Absolutely. You are so on it, Mark. <laughs> Absolutely. It's trauma-based mind control. It's psychological warfare. So what, so what happens is that in that most people didn't heal, and see, until you have clarity after the event, you're not going to get to a point of healing the, uh, the actual trauma itself. 
And see, most people, we just don't have clarity enough. We don't, we have, and, and the whole orientation has been so emotional. There's a reason why when we bring up September 11th, people are still getting emotional all these years later. It's because there is trauma associated with it that is, that, that goes to the, that is embedded within the subconscious mind. Now, what has happened is the manipulators, see, that's what I mean. When we first start off the show, they are, they have their understanding of this biological entity and the psychology of the biological entity. They got it down to a science. What has happened is that in order to reenact the same levels of fear in and around September 11th, every single year, the same type of programming is issued through media. And what happens is it functions, here we go again, the, the trauma-based mind control, it functions as a trigger. People are triggered on a subconscious level to relive the death and destruction. They do it every single year. And what does it do? It causes people to, again, relive the fear, and then they externalize power all over again. This is done every single year since September 11th. It is simply the triggering. I call it a 911 fear-based mind control reinstallation program. And inside my book, I outline how this is being done. I outline the psychological uh, mechanism and the tech, various techniques that media uses to do this. So this is a statement. If anyone, if you're out there and, and whenever September 11th comes around, you start to feel as if it's September 11, 2001, understand that this is because you are under a state of mind control and you have to be you have to have courageous enough to admit that because once you're able to admit it and you realize it now you can go to the process of killing yourself so that you won't be put back into a state of fear that mind control on september 11th that fear-based mind control it was so profound it was a global phenomenon and what better way to subjugate the human species than to give this mass death ritual as a fear-based mind control program uh, submerge it within the, into the uh, gold population subconscious mind where they're not even aware of it. And then in order to continue to dominate them because they externalize their power after the event, simply trigger in them the trauma. It's called triggering the trauma over right. and over again. What happens now, therefore, is people every single year tri are triggered. The trauma is triggered. They externalize power, and they are maintained in a subservient position. This has been done since September 11, 2001. And it shows you that they have to continue to reinforce that manipulation through that triggering technique that you're speaking of in order to keep people in their grip, in order to keep them in the throes of manipulation where they want them. Yes, absolutely. One of the fascinating dynamics of human psychology that even the mind control victims, if you allow them time and space to where they are operating without being without their mind control being reinforced, right. they will normally and naturally begin to break their mind control programming. And that is why the programming is initialized over and over again. That's right. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Absolutely spot on point. And uh, just uh, so great to hear somebody with a profound understanding of what this uh, ritual, which is indeed what the events of 9-11-2001 was ultimately all about. So, uh, Elena, would you like to take some calls from our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love you. Thanks so much, Mark. All right. Great. Here we go. Caller from the 602 area code. You're live on what on earth is happening with our special guest, Elena Honor. Welcome. Hi, Mark. This is Ivan from Phoenix. Hi, Ivan. Welcome. Thanks. And uh, Lennon, nice to hear you on the show. I'll be seeing you in uh, April. I'll be going to Philadelphia for the conference. Oh, great. Absolutely. Um, you know, synchronicity always seems to pop up now that I'm aware of it, because uh, a week ago I came across this book by Kent Bain, um, The Most Dangerous Book in the World, 9-11 as a Mass Ritual, and here you are, just as I call in, talking about 9-11 being a mass ritual. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So all this information that's out there, I, I, it's starting to uh, take some, uh, get some traction because, like I said, you were talking about it. There's another book that came out about it. Mark Patio is talking about it. And now learning this language, I kind of can see the, uh, the numerology and the uh, gematria about it. And it's pretty scary how things that are about us all, all the time kind of talk to us, you know, but nobody's really listening. And the ones who are listening, nobody's listening to them. So I really appreciate uh, the work that you're doing and Mark is doing and a few others out there to try and wake people up as to the world that we're actually living in. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, having said that, that puts me kind of like in an interesting situation because having this information now, um, the uh, book that I mentioned predicts uh, upcoming events for Christmas in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I'm at. And now that animalistic instinct tries to kick in, telling me get out of Phoenix for Christmas. But then the awakened part or the spiritual part tells me, you know, you be responsible and start speaking this, uh, spread it. Not like a madman, but point people to the information and maybe prevent it instead of, you know, um, like I said, just running and hiding and then, oh, it did happen, the information was right kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I know that... I'm sorry, go ahead. Knowing and not... Yeah, I, I know that's something Marcus talked about uh, many times about knowing and not doing is not to not know or not to care. So this, this is kind of like, I guess, my test now. And whoever else has, you know, read this book and just, you know, like, okay, these guys are crazy, you know. But if the information is there, investigate it and, you know, bring it to others' attention. Yeah, Mark, would you like me to comment on that? I think that's, that's sure, good, you uh, go right right ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you up for a minute and get um, Lennon's response to that. Yes, yes. And first, I want to say thank you uh, for uh, synchronicity. That is some serious uh, stuff there because this this happens. It, it's a uh, once we uh, when we work on a particular area of our life, if we're working on our mental condition, you will find that individuals will come into your life who resonate on that level, whatever level you are on. And as you progress, and I have this saying that is that the, that there are forces in the universe that will help you as long as you're in the process of working on yourself. They will work with you as you are working on yourself. So this happens all the time. It's, it's good that we are completely aware of this because it shows that there's more going on on planet Earth than just this human experience. But I, I want to say this, that uh, there is a lot of information out there, and I've talked a lot about this. I call it fear-based mind control program. You know, there's trauma-based mind control. But there's so many different levels of mind control. But this fear one is, is something that's propagandized quite a bit. And uh, one of the things that I, I have coined and I, I stick to it is that time always tells the truth. And people have heard me say it so many times, that time will always tell the truth. And one of the things that happens is when we're in a state of fear, the anxiety and we're running and we don't necessarily think, okay, let me be patient and let me see what happens. And this is to say that if someone proposes something to you and says that on this date something is going to happen, we can use an example of 2012, December 21st, et cetera, whatever you want, you know, we can use so many different examples. We can even look at the Jehovah's Witnesses in, you know, 1913, I believe, well, 1915 and, you know, projections and all these, these uh, there was doomsday cults that were saying all this stuff that on this day, something's going to end. And it puts people in a, in a state of fear. And for some of us, we hold on to that and, and we're not patient enough and we don't allow time to tell the truth. And, and when time tells the truth, we ignore the truth and then we fall back into the next fear-based mind control program. For instance, 
So that October, I mean, dealing with uh, the Olympics were in, people were expecting some terrorist attack and bombs, explosions, and Al-Qaeda attacks, and et cetera. And a lot of people were inside of a state of fear. Well, this is no different than the 911 fear-based mind control programming with the exception that it's not a globalized ritual. It is more individualistic, but it's still impacting human consciousness. And the reason I'm saying this is that at some point, this species, we have to stop living in fear. You know, we have to stop living in fear, and we have to be willing to take a step back and relax. That's another one of my things. That if someone says that something horrible is going to happen, that Hurricane Irene is going to kill billions of people, <laughs> as if billions of people live on the East Coast, or if Hurricane Ike, the same programming was issued a couple of years ago. You see, it's, it's repetitive. The media puts things out, and books are written to put people in a state of fear, or they don't, you know, there's going to be this new age of ascension coming up here shortly. I, I don't think so. Time always tells the truth. These types of things are said over and over again. And, I, and I'm not saying that we should not be aware of what people are proposing. What I am saying is that we have to have the intellectual fortitude to be patient enough and, to, and then also to have a level of discernment so that when time tells the truth on this individual or on the media or whoever or on this book or on this author, that we can say, you know what, this individual was wrong. And in some cases, this individual lied to me with malice intent. See, if you put a person in fear, this is a form of, what is the best term I can use without being too strong? If you put someone in fear, it, this is a form of psychological assault, emotional assault. So I'm very clear about this, that I, you know, there is nothing out there that puts me in fear. You know, and, and this doesn't mean that I have not been, because I was always fearful of heart, repentant shapeshifters. I was fearful of, you know, FEMA death camps, et cetera. But when you get to a certain point, you have to ask the question, time always tells, will time tell the truth on this? And time and time again, time has told the truth. And when you get to that level of awareness, when the next program comes, you can have a level of discernment. Just because someone says that something horrible is going to happen doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Sometimes horrible things happen because people believe them into existence. If we change our mentality and we say, you know what, okay, they may be saying something horrible is going to happen, but I'm going to use my conscious awareness, come into a level of spiritual, uh, spiritual responsibility, come into a level of, of cosmic respectability, and I'm going to materialize the opposite. See, there are a lot of things that are transpiring on the earth that are transpiring because we are thinking on particular levels, and this fear gets us thinking on those levels. And if we didn't think on those levels, these things would not materialize. So I just, I'm saying this just to be clear. I'm not saying that nothing is going to happen in Arizona, but I want you to be clear. Time will tell the truth. And if nothing happens, you got to be clear about that. And then when someone else proposes that there's going to be this doomsday experience taking place, you can say, wait a minute, I've heard this before. See, one of the dynamics that takes place, and I'm not saying by any means that the caller is in a state of mind control. I'm just I'm using this as an example. Individuals who are in a state of mind control lose track of time. Okay, if you want to look at trauma-based mind control program, you want to deal with 911 fear-based mind control program. That's why anything with September 11, people think that it's September 11, 2001. They still have the same reactions that they had on September 11, 2001, even though we're 11 years later. They've lost track of time. What better way to keep, continue to subjugate the species than to have massive amounts of people lost in time? You can't progress when you're stuck in the past. You can't progress as a species. You can't come into a level of common respectability. So to make a short story long, I'm going to say, dear brother, just be patient and let time tell the truth. And if, when time tells the truth, when that day passes, because some people right now, they're very antsy about, you know, this uh, 2012 and the age of ascension coming up here shortly. Once it passes, ask yourself, did I believe in something that was not true? And then ask the ne take the next step and say, was this that was proposed, was it proposed with malice intent? And if it was proposed in malice intent, then you have to ask the critical question about the individual who, who promoted it, and then, if need be, you have to stop 
looking into that in, the person's information. Why? Because if you are put inside a state of fear, if any information puts you inside of a state of fear, then understand that your spirituality has been compromised. See, we have to have courage. And part of what we have to do is to purify our information stream. Anyone that has put you inside of a state of fear, whether it's the alternative information or the main, see, it's no different. If you go on, you turn on Fox News, it's all fear-based mind control programming. And the alternative news, to, to a great degree, it's all fear-based mind control programming. I'm not saying do not look into it. What I'm saying is make sure that you allow time to tell the truth. And once you've learned the lesson that time tells you, use that to empower yourself and move beyond that paradigm. Excellent response, Lennon. So let's go to another call. Area code 267, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Uh, hi, Mark and uh, Lennon. Uh, great show. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay uh, Parker, one of the speakers uh, coming up uh, out for Free Your Mind too here in Philadelphia in 2013. Jay, welcome to the show. Well, it's uh, great to hear you two uh, discussing these very important concepts. And we're going to be hearing more and more about uh, individual responsibility and how we broadcast into the field and affect each other. And uh, we're going to learn uh, modalities of thinking where we self-empower and we realize that the off-world God system is just simply a uh, mind control of disempowerment. And well, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the conference with uh, bated breath. Definitely. Yeah. Letting your response. Yeah, and that is so important, uh, what you said about uh, taking things to the next level wherein it becomes about personal responsibility. And, Mark, I'm sure you're aware of this. You've probably had this experience. And when we get into the alternative information, and, and there, is a, there is a progression. Sure. And, you know, and it starts from birth, really. It's not like, you know, all of a sudden you start to realize something's wrong with the world. It's really it's the progressions that we take throughout our lives. That's and there right. was, was a time where I was under so much fear. I mean, I was... And, 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 while I was in that fear, I was externalizing power. Right. And I was, the Illuminati did it. It was the reptilian shapeshifter. That's why I can't succeed. You know, it was, you know, it was harp. Someone turned on harp, and that's why it's not raining today. I mean, it, it, I was so I was externalizing power to such a great degree, and I was not productive during that time. I was so fearful. But I just want people to understand that even if you're at that point, understand it's just part of the process. Right. And it's okay. It's okay. And and don't get just don't get stuck there because a lot of people wherever we are. See, for instance, ten years from now, Mark will be on a level that is. That is, you, I mean, he's already profound, but in 10 years from now, he's going to be like, oh, wow, can you believe this? Same thing with me. 10 years from now, I'm going to be addressing, because the idea is that it's all about reaching to a greater height, you know, as we progress. And part of this deals with coming to a level of personal responsibility. I think right. that right now on planet Earth, this is the most important thing for us as a species to come into a level of personal responsibility. That's exactly right. I was actually going to ask you what you think is the number one solution or the most important thing, and I guess you just answered it before I even asked the question. It's all about individual personal responsibility and the choices that we make and in the behaviors that we choose. Absolutely, and you said the same thing, so yes. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to add one thing. Sure. Uh, you guys touched upon this, that when I realized that I came from a Illuminati family uh, 12 years ago, uh, one of the first things I did was I forbade my father to have any contact with me whatsoever. Because hmm. I realized that he was rebooting the mind control programming. Hmm. And, uh, 
all I have to say is uh, if you have any kind of situation in your life where you're, and this could be a personal relationship, a business relationship, or a religious relationship, if you in your core are unhappy, you need to get away from the manipulation. You need to take a step back and be your own person. Make your own decisions. Find out who you are. Know thyself. And one of the things, I went through the worst torture and trauma that you can go through as a child. And it's all, you know, murderous, fear-based agony. But now that I know truth, I fear nothing. Mm, that's right. That's it. And that, that knowledge will also grant us a layer of protection to continue to do our work and to get the truth out there for other people. That fearlessness is su such an important aspect of doing this kind of work. You can't be worried about what might happen, what you know somebody might do to you. The, getting the truth out there is, is, has become the purpose for what we're doing. And in accepting that role and accepting that purpose uh, and that work, uh, I, I personally believe that there is a layer uh, of protection that is granted to us by the cosmos itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. I'd Absolutely. like to also add one other aspect. Uh, since we were talking about um, personal responsibility and you know connection with fear that may be being injected by people who want us to uh, you know um, go into a, a shutdown mode of consciousness based on what might be coming or what might not be coming. Um, hand in hand with that, we also have to look at uh, certain individuals and certain. Uh, 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 lines of information that deal with the the polar opposite of like uh, bad things and cataclysms and catastrophes happening. We need to look at people who are talking about um, you know uh, cosmic help coming to us in the form of you know other beings you know that are going to just basically come down and rescue us you know from the situation that we have created ourselves and you know take us into their protection you know and, and basically we get off the hook without really having to do any deep work or introspection upon ourselves i think that's almost equally as dangerous to buy into as some of the uh, really uh, you know destructive or or cataclysmic uh, prophecies that uh, we hear so much about yes absolutely and it is no different in essence, in terms of the programming, because it also causes people to externalize power. No one's coming to save any of us, ladies and gentlemen. And if you think that there's some off-world being that's going to save you, that's not you in the first place, then you have been mis mis uh, misled. In other words, you have suffered from a level of spiritual amnesia because you are, in essence, it's the other component of you. You are that spiritual dynamic that has the power to influence consciousness here on planet Earth. There's not some being out here that we've materialized, some you know, being out on another planet or these group of you know, solar beings, except, no, that's not it at all. And one of the things that has happened, especially as we get closer to, you know, this quote-unquote 2012 new age of, of, you know, ascension, et cetera, and spiritual illumination is that this program has caused people to really shut down their efforts to do the personal work. They're simply waiting on the date. I call it date-based ascension. Right. And it, it is a paradox in essence. And the, the reason why it's a paradox is because consciousness itself does not exist as a physical thing. It can materialize through the work that we do physically, but consciousness itself is not a physical thing. It is an ethereal thing. This, and, and in the ethereal realm, there is no time. So to, to, for us to even get to the point, and let's just take a logic stream, for us to get to a point where we think that somehow at a particular day or a particular date, 
that consciousness is going to be illuminated all of a sudden, it's a paradox because consciousness itself transcends space and time. Do people understand this? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's basic logic. It's not associated with time. We have to do the work. We can't simply wait on a date, date-based ascension. No, we have to do the work. So one of the things that has happened with a lot of this quote-unquote spiritual information out there is that it caused people to get complacent and simply wait, and if they expect someone else to save them or yes. they, wait date, they wait for the date, and all of a sudden all their problems are solved. They're going to ascend into the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh dimension. Everyone else is <laughs> for some sort of a biological purgatory. Everyone else who does not ascend. And, and I'm just thinking to myself, what if you have children? If you have children and, and you ascend and your children don't ascend, then what does that mean? I mean, there's so many different ways of looking at this. So in other words, it, it, can, be, it can be problematic when we begin to externalize our power that is based on what I call, and I hope it's not a too strong of a term, pseudo-spiritual concepts. Because spirituality is not about externalizing your power and expecting someone to come save you. That's not it. Spirituality is recognizing that you are spirit in the first place. And that if there is anyone that is going to save you, it is you. You can look at it as the biological component of you, or that still biological component is married to your spiritual component. So, in other words, stop projecting your own spiritual consciousness out into someone else out there in space and waiting for them to come to save you. Save yourself. How do you save yourself? You save yourself, like the caller said. Know thyself. Know that you are just not biological, that you are spiritual too, and it has nothing to do with time. 2012 has nothing to do with ascension. Ascension and cosmic respectability have to do with what are you willing to do here on planet Earth to uplift this spiritual, this, this physical species so that it can be spiritualized and it can come back to the realm of cosmic respectability. And once it does that, it can contribute to that which created it, the great Earth Mother. That's what spirituality is. It's not some being out there in space that's coming to spare you. That's exactly right. L Lennon, that is just so profound. I, I could not agree more. That that is that is perfect. Uh, Jay, did you have anything else for us today? No, that's one, guys, and that's uh, the walk in the all your endeavors. Oh, Absolutely. Much love to you. Okay. Great call so far. Let's take another call. Richard from Washington, you're live on What on Earth is Happening with our special guest, Lennon Honor. Welcome. Yeah, great show, great show. Uh, my problem is I'm a generation earlier. I was uh, late 70s, early 80s. I also delivered for my four kids uh, in the middle of nowhere, Oregon, by myself. Oh. And, uh, you know, you, you go through cycles. That's what, what I wanted to interject. The, the path for spiritual development is not linear. It's cyclical. And we have to learn from that. And as a generation uh, ahead, I've already uh, gone the same path you were and explored it just like you're exploring it now. You have to understand that you then go on the downward side of the cycle. Uh, have you uh, read Genesis of the Cosmos? No, no, no. By I have not. No, I haven't. I would recommend that book highly. And there's another book called The Parable of the Tribes by uh, Andrew Schmuckler. Uh, that would be another excellent read. But what you find when you get to my grand old age that I have, that a lot of what we think is truth is really brainwashing. How they keep you in fear, one of the primary ways, and I know uh, Mark uh, doesn't want to acknowledge this, is by feeding us vegetation. That makes us dependent on fermentation and sugar, 
and that gets us addicted to the fear scenario, the sympathetic nervous system, if you study the body chemistry. And you don't have to kill animals to use uh, their, their, their benefits. You can ferment, you can you know, you drink kefir, you can uh, partake of the eggs of the chicken. You can do a lot of things to get the, the carnivore's perspective. In uh, I, I, I'm actually, I am actually a vegetarian, not a vegan, so I do partake in uh, uh, dairy products. And you have to understand everything cyclical. So you want to eat the vegetation during the day when you're in sympathetic automatically. And then at night, you only want proteins and fats and support that digestive capability that you as a carnivore uh, have to experience to regenerate in the parasympathetic system. Uh, you guys are right on top of it. But like I said, uh, it's a cyclical thing. And you guys are going to get old just like I did. And you'll find out that some of the things you were talking about when you were younger uh, have to be re-explored uh, as we get to the uh, down cycle, uh, the, the catabolic state of our life. Uh, but keep up the good work. Uh, enjoy the show as always, and, and uh, you know, great presentation. Richard, thank you. thank you. Lennon, your response? Oh, no, I have no response. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Nathan in Arizona. Nathan, you are live on What on Earth is Happening with our special guest today, Lennon Honor. Welcome. Oh, gosh. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Um, well, I'm out here. I'm out here in uh, Phoenix, out in Mesa, and I've had some weird dreams um, happen in my life. And um, you know, when I hear about things pointing towards, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, and things blowing up, that definitely, you know, makes me, you know, scared. Um, initially, uh, but uh, I think everything's looking like we're going to stay here um, and continue what um, our plan, uh, you know, what we made of, you know, what we decided to do. And we're, well, we're here to do this. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I, we're I'm definitely going, going through it, though, because... Um, there, there have been some weird, weird things that that have happened, and um, that's just you know the things that I'm I'm battling with, and I guess anybody is that lives in the Valley of Phoenix that uh, might have heard about that. So, um, if anything, I would just say, um, if you have family up north or something like that, you know, maybe spend Christmas up north <laughs> because. Um, you know, I mean, why why not be safe in, in a certain situation like that? Um, you mentioned the Olympics and the ceremony at the beginning, you know, um, of Phoenix went up in flames, and I think that was one of, one of the things that uh, Kent Blaine guy points out. And um, but, uh, it's all good. I think uh, I think we'll, we'll just uh, stick it out and... and and continue on. We've got a lot of plans uh, in the next few months that uh, ground us here. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to take that risk, I guess, and, and do it. But definitely, uh, I think it's a time of action um, no matter what. And uh, and that's that's what I'm going to finally do in my life is, is, you know, follow through with what I've been trying to get people to talk about and 
you know, it just initiates things to, like you guys are talking about, is, is so hard finally actually doing something when you when you know you've got the plan. It definitely is not going to tuck tail and, and run. So, right. um, I don't know. I feel I, I, I just uh, uh, wanted to put that out there that, that uh, you know, um, you do have to relax. You do have to, you know, uh, make sure you see the whole picture first before you, you just react. You have to respond, and that's, right. that's responsibility. So I'll, I'll leave it at that, and thank you for those wonderful uh, conversations that have been putting out into the air. Absolutely. Thank you. Lennon, your response. Uh, the same thing I said earlier, uh, time always tells the truth. And we have to keep that in mind. And I'll use a quick example. I remember here in the United States of America, in California, uh, when the Fukushima power plant, there was a disruption there. And there were people here who were in such a level of fear that it was staggering. And they believed that uh, there was going to be a uh, nuclear fallout here somehow. Uh, the radiation was going to come over the sea and that millions of people were going to die. And on the news, of course, there were uh, different, uh, I guess you can say, solutions. And one was to make sure that you washed your car because you get all of the radiation off of your car and then you can drive to work. And there were people out here in California who were washing their cars, trying to wash off radiation, expecting some doomsday catastrophe. None of it was logical. And in the end, time told the truth. So we've got to just be clear about that. Once you learn that lesson, then the next time the fear-based mind control program comes along, you can simply make the conscious choice not to engage it and not to succumb to fear. Right. It's just like the... Uh the uh, paranoia uh, about a possible radiologic attack and people going out and buying uh, plastic r rolls of plastic and duct tape to try to insulate their house from, uh, you know, fallout and things like that. Or hiding under the table. That was the problem. Yeah. The nuclear bomb, just hide under your table. It's a nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah. Tuck and roll. You'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> Time always tells the truth. Le Lennon, uh, I wanted to, uh, one of the things I really didn't ask you uh, much about and that I wanted to uh, get your take on uh, and, and um, um, find out how you got involved in, in what you do was uh, your music. Now, you said you grew up in a family that um, really exposed you to music and you kind of grew up in a musical environment. Um, but can you tell me a little bit about the specific kind of music that you yourself have composed and written and put out there into the world? How, um, uh, what, what kind of style is it? Maybe some of the influences? Yes, yes. And there's different kinds because I've done uh, vocal music that was more in line with, uh, I guess you can say someone like Stevie Wonder, mm -hmm. uh, those types of, that type of a sound. Okay. Um, more recently, it's dealing more, you know, like the title in the land of the ancient one, soul visions. It's dealing more with uh, a more meditative, uh, spiritual quality and tapping into consciousness, if you will. So there's been progressions over time, and I've played so many different styles of music. Uh, and one of the ones that I studied for quite some time was what we would call traditional jazz. People like Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Charles Parker. I go on and on and on. Uh, but these days, uh, when I do engage the music, uh, it is more dealing with consciousness. And that's probably where, you know, once I begin to uh, pick music back up and, and deal with it even more than I have in over the last four years, it will, the music will probably still be in line with that. Because ultimately, I, I have a sense that in order to help people, we're going to help people uh, musically, then, then the vibration, the vibrational quality of what we produce has to be in cosmic alignment. And therefore, right. there are particular styles of music that can tap into that cosmic alignment. And then, as you know, there are also particular styles and genres of music that are the antithesis of that cosmic right. alignment. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, what, what instruments do you play? Uh, my main instrument is flute. Uh, that's what I studied as a child and in college. And uh, I also play other instruments like piano, saxophone, and I know the, the fundamentals of a lot of other instruments and I've taught, you know, at schools, at private, private music schools, et cetera. But my main instrument is the flute. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually played in two bands in, in my, you know, earlier years, and um, I was always a vocalist, uh, the front man in the band. Uh, so I, I think of in many ways, uh, you know, the performance art doing music kind of prepared me in a lot of ways to be out and, you know, speaking in front of people, you know, getting over fear of uh, being in front of large groups, et cetera. And uh, always uh, using the voice has been the central focus and theme uh, throughout my life. Yes, yes, and it does, and that just goes to show you that everything is in perfect alignment. There is a cosmic order, and we make choices, like you said in the beginning, and there are consequences, and every choice we make, even though that some of them may not be the best choice, they always fall back in line. So, you know, for me as a musician, a lot of what I learned as a musician, especially as it relates to sound and vibration, I had certain spiritual experiences about while performing and spiritual by while practicing. And then you look back later on in life and you, you look at your experiences as a musician or to whatever capacity, whatever, in, whatever an individual has gone through, you realize that everything was there for a purpose and it all leads up to where you're at now. And the idea is, can you take where you're at now and move it to the next level? That's right. And I'm going to say this, that regardless of what one may believe, that each and every one of us, we never have to come down. <laughs> we never have to descend. We never have to simply give up and say, I'm going to succumb to the mind control programming. I'm going to come to succumb to the fear. It's okay. No, you don't have to do that. This is to say that we can always be on a continuous progression towards our highest height. It is a choice. It is a matter of mentality. And if there is one thing that I can just bestow upon everyone, just recognize that wherever you are at right now, you can become something greater. And it is a matter of your mentality. It is a matter of your focus. It is a matter of your motivation. If you wish to move yourself beyond your current paradigm, you never have to go back. You never have to come down. You never have to give up. You can move and continue to move to higher and higher heights. This is what this planet needs right now. No stagnation. Right. No stagnation. There are cycles that tap into new cycles, and those cycles tap into new cycles and into new cycles, and then some cycles run into different dimensions. Be, because it's not a, a circle, it's a spiral yeah. that oh, goes up and up and up. And if you look at it from the perspective of overhead, you might be looking at it as if it's, you're going around and around and around, but really you're going around and up simultaneously in a spiral direction. It is a spiral. All creation extends itself not in, in a cycle, but in a spiral, either inward or outward. The inward being the feminine, the outward being the masculine, bring the two together, you got completion, and you can ascend indefinitely. It is about the balance. Ladies and gentlemen, be, be clear about that. Thank you so much for saying that too, Mark. Sure. That puts all into perspective. We have to be clear about these spiritual laws and understand that as a species, we can continue to progress, and there is no need for us to backtrack. It is a progression, as you said so eloquently, and in the word progression, there's progress. Yeah, thank you. So, Lennon, um, we're coming down to the end of the show. We have about two and a half minutes left. I want uh, to give you the floor for the end of the show. Please give the listeners uh, any information about radio shows that you do. Uh, Give them your website, what they can expect to find on that site, and uh, the floor is yours until the end of the show. 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to my website, LennonHonor.com, and on there, that's all of my more recent work. We have radio shows lined up there. I have radio interview guests every single Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. On Saturdays, we also have radio interview guests on occasion. There's a calendar on LennonHonor.com, but I just started yesterday a new show titled Metamorphosis, Transforming Our Perception or Our Vision of Male-Female Relationships. On Sundays, my wife and I, we do a live video stream at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on LennonHonor.com. We talk about male-female relationships, raising children, family, love, etc. Come join us today. We're going to be having a very special show today because it happens to be my birthday. And I want to say this, Mark. I cannot think of any other experience right now in my life at 37 years old than to spend two hours on my birthday with you. I am so thankful. I'm Lennon, I did not even know that. Uh, a, a great surprise. Happy birthday, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. And last year, I was on my birthday, and he did not know over on the Coast Pirates Radio, uh, uh, Brother Curtis. I was on his show. You yes, see, Curtis Davis, it, yes. Is beautiful. So I just want to say this. I don't want to say anything else and promote anything else. Thank you so much, Mark. It has been an absolute honor to spend this time with you. I appreciate you, and I have so much respect for you and what you're doing, and I'm going to continue to support you, and I will see you in Philadelphia next year. At the Free Your Mind 2 conference, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to a phenomenal interview with a, a, a profound individual with lots of wisdom to share, Mr. Lennon Honor. Lennon, thank you so much for being on the, the radio show and sharing your profound insights with us today. Oh, my pleasure, brother. Much love to you. Take care. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, there he goes, Lennon Honor, and that brings us to the end of this edition of What on Earth is Happening? Cosmic Respectability. Keep that term in mind. That's what it's all about. You can listen to What on Earth is Happening. We'll see you right here next week, folks. Take care.